if he is reelected, it is going to get real bad. And it's going to get real bad for the president's political enemies, which is the next step on the way to authoritarianism. So everybody, get out to vote. You may not do politics, but politics does you. And what they meant by that was it's everywhere in life. It is, to some people, the difference between life and death. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Amer Podcast. How's everybody doing today? Ugh. Hope you're doing well. We got the original crew with us this afternoon, John Kelly in Colorado. How are you, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to be back. Glad to be pumping out some episodes now that we're just under a bump to the election. That's right. We're, in fact, 26 days out from the election, so make sure you're registered. Make sure you have a plan to vote. If you're in Colorado, Colorado has a new really cool thing where you can actually track your ballot on the state of or the um, Secretary of State's website. Did it the other day. They're mailing my ballot on the 9th. Shablam. I was a little worried because oh, it hadn't showed up yet. That's pretty and cool. I, was like, what I didn't the know hell? they could do that online. Yep. Just fucking Google, you know, ballot, check ballot Colorado Secretary of State it'll pop up and you can check what's going on and that way you can track it on its way make sure it arrives there safely so uh highly recommended if you're in colorado and by the way why the fuck aren't we doing that nationally uh maybe it's because as mike lee argued on twitter today explicitly democracy is a bad thing uh so right yeah, yeah. It, i mean fucking bananas shit coming out of the gop so uh yeah 26 days folks let's fucking go and with the countdown reminder, that is John Anderson, also out here in Colorado. How you doing, sir? I'm, you know, whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> the Getting, little shake. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say a little anxious, a little anxious for the election. Let's say hyped. How about that? Hyped. hyped. That's a better word. Pumped. It's a less, less stressful word. Exactly. T- today is Thursday, October 8th, 2020. For those of you listening in the future. Which is everybody. And, <laughs> That's my favorite joke. <laughs> and today we're going to cover a little bit of everything. Uh, just last night was the vice presidential debate. We're going to touch on that. Talk about Trump and uh, update you on his steroid use. We're going to talk about general election concerns. And uh, some other weird, crazy shit that's going down in the news. So... Welcome back. Happy that you could join us. I am your host, Blake Mannion. Guardrails. So to start this great, off, Great introduction. Great introduction, Blake. Thought for a second you weren't going to get it in. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> Let's start off with, uh, with the debate last night. Huh? Did you guys watch it? I watched the last half hour of it because Jordan talked me into it. Um, who was on the last podcast for those uh, checking at home. Um, it was, uh, we, I mean, I think the internet blew up because a fly landed on Mike Pence's head for over two minutes, which was extraordinary right. and has been excellent for content. And I just would recommend everybody doing that. However, uh, important things happened during the debate. Like Mike Pence also did not commit to a peaceful transfer of power. It, it and it's yeah. crazy that nobody 
how the moderator should have asked him again <laughs> to clarify that yeah. uh, because he didn't say we won't accept it as explicitly as Trump did, but he did not say we will accept it, which is what you do in a democracy. And it's the hallmark of the United States, which has the longest uh, functional governing document of any republic in the world. And so it's it's important that this happens. And as we'll talk about yeah. later, it has significant real world on the ground consequences if we don't have our leaders committing to peaceful transfers of power. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's Pence. That's Pence, though, in a nutshell. I knew I knew going into this debate, his mission wasn't to wasn't to, like, speak some crazy truths. It was to be the spin doctor and to dodge questions uh, and, and to try and make it so that no more damage, you know, came to Trump. He, he, I, I didn't expect him to answer much in the way of uh, truth last night, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And that's just what Pence does. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Blake. Anytime a politician goes into a debate, they practice for amount of time beforehand and it's clear that his talking points was really to try to bolster up you know some of the quote-unquote successes that the trump administration has done but also just remain uh sharp on the offensive while seeming uh tactful um to put it in some words you know i i watched part of it and i saw a bunch of the reviews this morning and and sound clips back and forth and you know um and and I'm, I'm going to bring it up now because I, I know John wants to talk about it in a second here, but um, it seemed like it was a more civil debate. It was a little bit more adult that they were more or less uh, following the rules. Um, but after reviewing some of the tape, it seemed like there was quite a bit of uh, lying and uh, gaslighting on the side of Pence when it came to the oh, statements yeah. he was making to Kamala Harris. Yeah, I, I think um, in some ways... I think that the content of what Trump had to say for the most part, what Pence has to say for the most part, is not that much, right? Like, the content is very similar. They want to take away everybody's health care by putting Amy Coney Barrett on the court. Um, they are they have all sorts of disastrous, terrible policies for the United States. Uh, Their message is that we're not those guys. It'd be worse if it was those guys oh, in power, well, even and, though and, we've and, been here for four years. Because the content is not that much different, but Pence says it in a way that doesn't sound fucking crazy, I think it's actually a little bit more pernicious than Trump. Like, Trump is very fucking obviously off his rocker and terrible for America, and he's pretty upfront about it. But Pence, like, you have to be paying more attention and know more to understand that because it's not as, like, evident, right? And so Yeah, it's certainly more of a classic uh, politician approach. Right. To talk but in public and how to approach a debate. But it's Trumpism, right? And so that's why I say it's like a little bit I civil has the connotation of it being better. And I don't know necessarily with, you know, like the fascist party being more civil looking is 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 a good thing. I think it's worse, actually. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. it's yeah. like he got his debate prep from Breitbart magazine. One of the lines he used was stop playing politics with people's lives in regards to the coronavirus pandemic. And <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a fucking CNN, jerk off statement that yeah, is. Yeah, CNN 
puts it perfectly, says, is a phrase you would probably expect during a debate this year, just not coming from someone working for Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was Pence the whole night, just like trying to be real serious and stern, almost lecturing Kamala Harris all night long, and then saying shit like that, which is definitely the opposite truth. It just it kind of made me sick. It was easier to watch in terms of like I turned the captions on just in case there was going to be a lot of like interrupting and noise, but I could actually understand each candidate this time for the most part, which was good. But then this shit all night long of just him staring at you with the most serious face and then telling you the most blatant lies, which his, I'm sure the Trump base loved, you know? Yeah. And it, this is, it's terrible for America, though, because the consequence is you can't deal with real world problems like a global pandemic and a gigantic economic crisis. And it's about to get a lot worse because foreclosures and evictions are about to get a lot worse, especially if we don't have a fucking COVID relief bill, which Trump right. just decided he didn't want to do. and But maybe he does want to do. And he's on steroids. So, like, who the fuck knows? And so it is amazing that we are unable to to pull this off it's in ostensibly the richest country in the world we should be able to provide for our citizens during a global pandemic and this is one of the reasons why we're all very freaked out about the trump tax cut because if you cut all these taxes and give it all to a bunch of fucking billionaires you can't deal with gigantic problems like a global pandemic and a major economic crisis when it happens yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh I will say one thing um and it it you know, I I don't think it's necessarily fair to to have to say it, you know, but uh Kamala held herself great on stage. I thought that she was articulate. She made her points really well. Um I don't want to play into the whole I uh I don't want to say that, you know, she had to do it because she's a black woman, but there are unfortunate, you know, parts of American society that she has to hold herself to a better standard on a national stage than a white man does. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate to say, but I thought she did a great job. I was that. listening to Claire McCaskill, mm -hmm. Senator, great Senator from Missouri. Um, she was on a podcast called, uh, hacks on tap with, um, uh, Murphy and David Axelrod. I'm forgetting Murphy's first name. Um, good podcast. Uh, but she she made the same point. She was like, look, I, I don't like it, but it's a reality in American politics that there are different standards for men and women yeah. when it comes to these debates. And it's really unfortunate. But it, it, telling from my Twitter timeline when she said, excuse me, I'm talking, every woman in America felt that. And I thought – that was um, maybe the most important uh, because the, it seems like the most important moment was the fucking fly is what everybody's going to remember. <laughs> but uh, the right. most like policy oriented, uh, I guess, important moment was was that or the most political uh, important moment was that because Trump desperately needs to win back a couple of key demographics. One of them is 
uh, elderly people and another one is white suburban women. And I think every, just about every white suburban woman felt that moment pretty hard. And it's not a good way to have Trump's first debate performance and that shit happen and try and win back that demographic. Like regardless of who won, who lost overall, that was a decisive tactical moment. I thought that's going to have major strategic consequences. And no matter what kind of, uh, to steal your phrase from earlier, John, in our in our talk earlier today, used car salesman type of ads oh you're going to pull out to try to court back voters. <laughs> Donald Trump, I'm looking at you. Uh, was, I don't think it's going to help. No, it was that shit was bananas. I would recommend everybody go to Lincoln Project's uh, Twitter and just watch the ads that they've already produced based on this fucking insanity that we live in it would be so funny if it wasn't real yeah i saw i saw a good cartoon i don't i can't remember who it was from but uh it was like uh when does uh when does the flies tell all book come out (laughs) (laughs) they even biden did a really good job with it they're already selling fly swatters Oh, no shit. Uh, isn't, isn't that just America in a nutshell? Right? Oh, One political sure. party's like, oh, look at that. Respect I could sell fly swatters with that. Yeah. And they probably already sold thousands of them. Uh, and they um, they had a really good pun on like flythevote.com. They bought the, the URL last night and, oh, yeah. and put it out on wasn't Twitter. It, wasn't it like flypromisetovote.com or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a playoff one of their their campaigns. It was just it was it was really really good shit. It was very funny. So, that will probably end up, you know, being the most memorable thing out of the debate. Right. And and what's important, you know, to to bring it back around is that, you know, these two people, um one of them is going to be elected vice president and they're literally a step away from becoming president. Well, and mm-hmm. interestingly, uh, Pence was supposed to fly to Indiana, I believe, and he abruptly canceled it and is headed back to Washington. And we might have a reason why. Uh, Nancy Pelosi earlier today um, had a press conference and mentioned, oh, and by the way, tomorrow, watch out because we're doing something on the 25th Amendment. And we had a little, little, little tizzy in the Slack channel about that. And uh, we have an answer. Uh, this from Kyle Cheney, who is a Politico reporter. Uh, new, Pelosi and Senator Raskin plan to introduce legislation tomorrow to establish a commission under the 25th Amendment charged with evaluating the president's mental physical capacity. Wow. So uh, that wow. might explain why Pence is flying back to Washington, because uh, he would be acting president if the 25th amendment was enacted, which to refresh, everybody would take a, uh, I believe a majority of the cabinet. And then I think a super majority of the Congress in order to, so it would be a whole thing. Interestingly though, we saw McConnell today come out and criticize uh, Trump on COVID and say, he personally has been staying away from the white house for months because he's worried about it. So that was interesting out of McConnell because he is, if anything, um, uh, a very shrewd political maneuverer when it comes to, uh, retaining power. And so that, I mean, uh, anybody, anybody would have a thought would have stayed away and most did stay away from the white house. Right. But to make that public, you're like, okay, so 
that on its face hurts him, right? Uh, which is weird. And so why would he do that? And maybe it's because they're making a play in the 25th Amendment. Because he looks at it and says, holy shit, we're going to lose the Senate by a fucking lot if we don't rescue this. The presidency is probably out, and we're pulling the fucking cord on this shit. Do you... Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's the way it, it certainly could play out, and it could be very quickly if yep. there has been some discussions between uh, Republican senators and the Democratic leadership and about the cabinet. convening something like that. If they if they have some kind of agreement that has been, you know, that they've been able to come to terms with, I doubt that it's going to happen. I agree. Um, I would put it at like 15%. I would, which is yeah, yeah, fucking pretty high, right. <laughs> like yeah, for the yeah. 25th Amendment happening and the president being um, incapacitated and Mike Pence taking over 26 days or less from an election is an is right. is what is almost literally a West Wing storyline. Oh yeah, totally. They oh, totally. had a yeah. whole I think... several episodes on basically this. <laughs> and so it is, uh, right. it's the, the fucking aliens who control our simulation are on a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. I will say yeah. it looks like Trump's tweetings kind of dropped off today. I, I don't feel like he's on the tweets as much as he normally is. And I wonder if that's a sign of his current sickness right now, as we all know, he's battling, COVID-19 and he's on a couple different treatments not approved by the FDA and uh, one of them being a steroid which causes hallucinations. And my understanding is uh, that we would expect that steroid to wear off in the next in, in like now-ish. So but unless they have been continuing to give it to him. Right. Which is which is certainly possible. I mean, a doctor might step in and say, we're going to continue to up the doses of uh, steroids that someone gets as they're recovering from something, especially with someone like the president who has expected engagements that they're supposed to be doing and kind of needs to, quote unquote, kickstart themselves back into health. Yeah. But ultimately, we have a, a serious problem, which is uh, we don't know what the president's health is and nobody has any credibility in explaining it to the American people 26 days before an election. And, and that's a gigantic problem, not only for the American people to be able to make a rational decision about their leader, which is what we do in a democracy, but it is a very dangerous national security issue where these are the types of conditions that foreign adversaries like to take advantage of. And so it is a national security issue that the president cannot be honest about his health and we do not have clear lines of of um command right now and also just side note the chiefs of staff have been fucking exposed to this shit too so it is a we're all in quarantine yeah at the moment i mean anybody anybody who has followed the story of it and was on the fence about you know the trump campaign right the trump white house and now the trump campaign too dealing with covid19 and its potential impacts should just say you know what clearly he can't figure out how to handle it he can't even control his own circle of people that are close to him no he's a spreader (laughs) nonetheless the rest of the country you know it's a it's a shame so we have moving on to the election um as we mentioned on the last episode 
the, the time we were recording last week, there were 9,000 votes cast last year, but this year we we're already at over a million. Uh, it's looking like we are, did I read over 10 million votes are in now? More than 10 times as many have already voted in 2020. That's what the 10 number was, but we're at over 5 million votes. It's a great turnout. So, I mean, it makes sense that it would be, yeah. It's good. One, it's going to be a high turnout, but also the amount of votes that are coming in early are going to be high. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's I, a good sign. It's a really good sign. It, it is a sign of COVID, but it's also a really good sign that it's going to be a high turnout election, which benefits uh, Democrats because we have a party that is for democracy in this country and we have a party that is against it. So uh, really, unfortunately, but that's literally the stakes of this election. So that's why it's really excellent to see everybody voting. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an important one. And, and I don't say that just like, you know, some people, some people watch the debates, like it's a sports game, you know, people like, follow uh, politics, like it's sports. And it kind of makes me crazy a little bit. I heard, uh, who's the politician? I don't remember his name, but somebody said it perfectly the other day. It's you may not do politics, but politics does you. And yeah. what they meant, what they meant by that was it's everywhere in life. It is, to some people, the difference between life and death, especially this year with COVID-19. And I can't watch these debates thinking, oh, yeah, good one, Kamala. Like, good one, Mike Pence. You really nailed that one. Like, yeah, good point. It's like, man, this, there's so much. It's so much deeper than that on a malevolent level. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not as lighthearted to me as I think it is to some. I, you know, like the cool thing about sports is that it seems really important and it's fucking not at all. Right. No. So like Completely you get to insignificant. who gives a shit who actually wins and loses. Yeah. Uh, right. You're going to be emotionally hurt. Maybe if your team loses, that's all. But yeah, you feel it. And that's why sports are cool. Right. Because you get to, it's kind of like why horror movies are fun. Right. Like you don't yeah, want to, you're vicariously actually, living through other people. You're exactly. experiencing emotions. Yeah. People. Yeah. Exactly. Elections are and politics are not like that because they have real fucking consequences for people. So the people who play politics for keeps understand that and they play on people's emotions in the same way. That's like why motherfucking Mitch political. McConnell. So we'll see about this whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just like McConnell. Um, just like and, it, and that's why I use the word malevolent. Right. Well, and speaking of malevolent consequences, Trump uh, in March, I want to say, tweeted out uh, full all caps liberate Michigan. And apparently some folks fucking took that seriously. And now we have 13 people who were charged with, um, planning to storm the state Capitol and start a civil war in Michigan. And where do you think they fucking got that plan? Yeah. The thought, the thought process was probably already somewhat there. I'm guessing that they're probably a militia group or an offshoot of a militia group, but the specific tweet from Trump is absolutely a clear sign that it's okay to do that kind of stuff if you're a supporter of me and my administration. And mm-hmm. you're, you can do that kind of thing. And it's a green light. It's a green light. You can, you can defend it all you want, that it's a joke, he's making a political statement, that you need to liberate it from liberals that are on the other side that are controlling stuff. But people take these things seriously, and it's important in language matters. And when he says stuff like that, people take it seriously. That's why you have shooters 
against the Black Lives Matter protests, right? It's why you have these people that could potentially kidnap a sitting governor <laughs> because, you know, they think that COVID is a hoax and they need to reinstate their freedom in a state, you know? It's, it's serious it's, shit. It's very dangerous and it's very likely to get worse as the election happens and after the election and to the inauguration and then we're going to have to deal with this. Like Yeah. It, the the more the more the polls show him losing nationally and the more they show him updating the more ridiculous and the more outlandish his claims and his yeah. statements are going to get. Because that's the way that a person like him has to stay in power. He has to make sure that people are scared and he's the only answer. And so it's going to get more outlandish and be prepared because it's going to happen. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about is um, when the South surrendered, there was a great fear that that's they fine, were but we don't have to read, read books, books anymore, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you don't know how to say it. Uh, that um, when the South surrendered, they feared that the armies would splinter into vigilante groups, essentially, and we would be fighting this war forever. And you might want to say basically like, a guerrilla war before there was a term for a guerrilla war. Exactly. And it was going to go on in perpetuity. And you might want to say like, well, look at reconstruction and, and what happened. <laughs> yeah, we could get into that. So, but the leadership in the South and, and also credit I, the North leadership prevented that from happening, which was a necessary first step to the the country coming back together as right. one. The crimes of Reconstruction were not the crimes of the initial thought process of how to reintegrate the South into a union and into a society. Correct, and and it really got worse after uh, the corrupt bargain of eighteen seventy six. But that's not this podcast. Uh, and so I've been thinking a lot about that because we're going to have the opposite. We are going to have the president calling on these people to defend him, even possibly after he leaves office, even possibly after the inauguration. And so, and also, by the way, if he loses, he can run again. Yeah. And so, you know, yep. oh, yeah. he announces, 100%. I'm running for president in 2024 on January 21st, 2020, and we're fucking off to the races. But it's all of these goddamn white supremacy terrorist groups who are backing him. And so that, to me, is a very dark possibility. And that's why this shit is got is so dangerous. And we need to take it very, very seriously because there is still an interim period where we can prevent that crazy shit from happening. And it's going to require a lot of Americans speaking out against that shit and making sure it's not uh, acceptable to be that way. Right. And we need to right. banish one, that shit one, yeah, from our one country. Starts yeah, it starts with the election of Biden, and then it goes down to a very serious conversation that a lot of people don't want to have, and a lot of people shy away from in terms of the racial politics in this country and in terms of the inequalities in this country that you know we talk about often on the podcast, and we're more open to discuss, and I think most younger people and younger generations are willing to discuss. But the issue isn't with that, it's with older generations who are less willing to say that there's really things wrong and that their patriotism, that there's parts of their patriotism that is wrong. You know, when you're connected to something in an ideal for so long, it makes it very hard for you to be inwardly critical about ways to improve yourself, right? And that's what we're dealing with here. There is a sick part of the American ego that yeah. is on display here. And that's that's what we're talking about. And I find that um, 
I find it to be superficial patriotism that that like America can do no wrong. And and I oh come on, man! If I'm wearing an American speedo, I am America (laughs) as fuck, man. There is no double questioning it. No, but I I agree agree with you. It is superficial. I equate it to friendship, right? Like the the friends that I value most are the friends that are like I care enough about you to fight with you about shit, right? It's not the friends who are just going to be like, yeah, that's great, yeah, fine, whatever. Like those are not good friends, and and you you can. I view it the same way with the country, right? Where like I care enough about America to make it better and to fight with it about making it better. And so those make it better for everyone and to progress all of us together. It is. We're all Americans. This isn't a, it shouldn't be a me versus you conversation. No, unfortunately it is for a lot of people. Most of the people on the right, that's what it is. The other side's wrong. The left is wrong hundred percent of the time. And it's, and it's fun. It's fun to win and it's fun to, you know, own the libs. Yeah, yeah, let's destroy the country to own the fucking limbs. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Talk about missing the forest for the trees, right? <clears throat> yeah, I back to the kidnapping plot with the Michigan governor. I bet we see several more of these type of uh charges and arrests happen before the election, maybe even after the election. This is probably there are for sure more of this going on, but to this level, I don't know. I'm sure we'll see at least a few more pop up yeah. and arrests made before the election comes. But this this parallels Trump's words from the debate a couple of weeks ago, which was stand back and stand by. That's probably exactly what these guys were doing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They were yeah. plotting and then standing back and waiting. Oh, all the Proud Boys got a half chubby as soon as they heard him say that. They're like, yes, finally, he recognizes that we're in a legitimate group, which they're fucking not. I think a lot of, uh, let's say, defenders of trump would say well he cleaned that up several days later and it's like hold on bro so that man has the quickest trigger figure in america when it comes to criticizing people he doesn't like and he had to be dragged kicking and screaming into that and that's not the first time that's happened either remember very fine people on both sides he clean that up and they like to talk about that a lot but he had to be dragged kicking and screaming into that and that's not his personality so that was after a murder yeah so i think it's pretty fucking obvious where his heart is and we need to all stop pretending it's otherwise yeah and and i mean and and also just reiterate what blake was saying too about the potential for these types of kidnappings or other violence to happen and to continue to happen um say if it's one thing that we can all agree on that the united states is good at and that's public shows of violence we have been our entire history and we seem to be pretty good at it still to this day um and so when you when you start to light the powder keg you know and it explodes it's very hard to stop it before the keg explodes right and that's i think what most of us are trying to say here you know maybe a beaten down metaphor but that's what we're all staring down at is the potential of a bunch of exploding powder kegs that could be a serious issue for everyone. To use another metaphor, it's very hard to get the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. So that we have some time, but we don't have a lot of time. And like, imagine if that shit's successful for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if those 13 people actually stormed the Michigan state Capitol, kidnapped the governor and declared the start of another civil war? If that's if that actually happened three four months ago, no, yeah, right. Well, wow. fortunately, that's why the Federal Bureau of Investigation is such an integral part of. Uh, yeah, tip tip your hat to the FBI, man. 
domestic terrorism is a rising threat in the country. And it's nice to know that these departments can still operate and get their job done independently while all this other bullshit is going on. Yeah. I will Even say under the direct directorship of William Barr. Right. Uh, but I will say, and there, and there could be stuff that he's not notified about. Um, but Trump, I don't know if you guys saw this has called for prosecuting his political enemies in a television interview just today, which leads me to wonder, all right, well, is that his way of now specifically targeting and identifying people for these, these other bad actors to themselves then target and plan for? I think he I mean, wants I, to use I the apparatus. A- I mean, yes, and he wants to use the apparatus of the United States judicial system against his political enemies. It was reported that, you know, good on the FBI, right? And and Christopher Ray, the FBI director, who uh, the FBI director is usually appointed for 10 years so that it's nonpartisan. It, it doesn't overlap right. with presidents because they're four years. Uh, he recently issued a video statement saying, you know, we need to have free and fair, peaceful elections, yada, yada. Very good shit from Christopher Ray, even though there's some things to be concerned with him too, but like within the realm of acceptable American standards. But it was reported recently that Trump intends to replace him early on in his second term. And so just it, it, if he is reelected, it is going to get real bad. And it's going to get real bad for the president's political enemies which is the next step on the way to authoritarianism so everybody right which is which is us on this podcast and honestly people who probably listen to this podcast feel the same way but that's that's what he's talking about when he's talking about his political enemies he's talking about people that disagree with him and like just to give you a timeline i mean i don't think he's yeah it's come back into the forefront because he's texted about texted about it and talked about it recently in the past couple days but his narrative about Hillary Clinton's emails, um, right, lock her and, up, all that. you know, the, right. And the Mueller report being a witch hunt and the FBI targeting him all the way back. And in therefore the Obama administration has never gone away. It's been there as an underlying theme throughout his entire presidency. And so that's why he's setting these things up as, as one, an excuse for any type of authoritarian power that he feels like he needs to use to get rid of people that disagree with him. True. However, I just want to point out that he said these things right after the news was broke about these people being charged in Michigan, which I feel is just strange yeah, timing. Interesting timing. So I think he's trying to accent. Who knows? I, he may not have even known about what was going on in Michigan. Maybe Given not. the way that he, yeah. who knows? But yeah, he very well could have known about it from Fox News sitting, sitting in the White House and tweeting that out. Who knows? You know, that's the, the chaos and uncertainty is at an all time high. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would love people to kidnap. He would love people to go kidnap Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. You know, I'm sure he would love that. Unfortunately, secretly, I think you're right. You know, I find it hard to believe if Joe Biden got COVID this last week, there would have been the same kind of public uh, decency from the White House. No, because we, we know exactly there wouldn't have been because Hillary Clinton got pneumonia or whatever in uh, the campaign right. and they dunked all over that shit for yeah. months. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, they're, they're, uh, we're not fighting on equal ground, but each side is making a bad, bad, um, 
the Trump administration is making and 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 the GOP and people who back him are making a bet that fascism and indecency will win, and the Democrats are making a bet that decency and democracy are going to win, and we're going to see what happens in the next six months. Yeah, we will. Yeah. T minus twenty eight days, twenty six. Team days. democracy, let's fucking go. <laughs> Get out and vote, everybody. Make sure you're registered. Godspeed. <laughs> What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of the Amer Podcast. Here we are. We 125, baby. Nice, nice one twenty-five roundish number. Yeah. Yeah. If you take one and times it by two, it's two. And if you take two and times it by two, it's True. four. And you, you'd get to um, <laughs> shoot two. It's two fifty-six and one. What up, world? Cut Welcome it. back to another episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That was great. That was great, guys.